Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Radio Geonosis, where we talk about Star Wars from a certain point of view. I'm Angie. And this is Jim. And today we're going to be talking about, so you want to join a Star Wars club. We're going to tell you the, which clubs there are and how to join them and how to go onto the websites and find out about this information. Maybe some where to get costumes or what kind of costumes they're looking for. But before we do that, we're going to go over some hot happenings this week. And so first of all, the original Star Wars movie movies are coming to Carnegie Science Center in Pittsburgh. They're going to be doing, it looks like from what I could see on the website, a big Star Wars and even sci-fi science kind of thing but they'll be explaining star wars they'll have exhibits and they'll be showing the movie so that's pretty cool oh yeah i like that how about this one star trek actor william shatner trolls star wars legend mark hamill for child's play <laughs> oh yeah that's right mark for the, is in the, yeah, he's yeah, in yeah. the child's play yeah he's i think he's doing the chucky voice oh my god <laughs> which that's something he would do has so. he done it before i don't know i don't think so um, I think this will be his first Chucky performance. Oh, wow. But, you know, since he's a voice actor as well as a, you know, live action actor, yeah, this is right up his alley. Yeah. And he likes doing weird stuff, you know, because, you know. Like well, so. he's a force ghost now, so he can pretty much do whatever he wants. Well, yeah, you know, and he was also, you know, the Joker. Yes. In, you know, in Batman uh, Beyond. And he was also the trickster on um, the, um, oh my gosh, the Arrow show. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it was, was it Arrow or was it The Flash? I don't remember. It was one of the two, but it was, no, it was Flash. Yeah. It was Flash. It was, oh, yeah. It was really good. I shouldn't have said Batman Beyond. It was actually Batman the uh, Animated Series. The story. Animated Series. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. Also, Vanity Fair in June has the issue of the Star Wars character from Skywalker, Rise of Skywalker. Oh, yes. That is fantastic it's a it's a it's actually quite a long article as well do you have it uh i've read it uh i read it online but um the uh the vanity fair issue in question is available for purchase at your local newsstand or bookstore i need to go get one yeah it should be available <laughs> um it's a really nice long article uh interviews several of the actors as well as jj abrams and kathleen kennedy that's cool um uh, the uh, photo the photo shoot was done by Annie Leibovitz, and she's been doing Star Wars photo shoots since 1999. Oh wow! So she did Phantom Menace, and she did the prequel trilogy when they came out, and then you know she did uh, Force Awakens and Last Jedi. Now she's doing Rise of Skywalker. I think that's kind of cool that they keep the same photographer. You know what I mean? To stay in line with the movies, I, I that's kind of a cool thing. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and she does some great work. Um, and some of the photos that you're going to see, um, they won't necessarily be photos from the film. They're going to be films of, you know, of course, behind the scenes, like, you know, camera shots and stuff like that. Right. Um, as well as the director and whatever. Um, but they do, they will do posed shots that won't be scenes in the film, but you'll see, like, this character is doing this. Um, the, uh, for example, they did... Um, there was a shot that Annie did in episode one of Obi-Wan and Darth Maul fighting on Tatooine, which did Never not, air. Yeah. it didn't happen in the movie, but she did a, sh a shot of that happening. And one of the things that would have been cool. Yeah. And one of the things that she does do or has help with is that she'll take photos 
and then she'll send it to Lucasfilm and ILM, and they'll doctor them to like put the special effects into the shot. Oh wow! So if it's like you know, so if with it's lightsabers like, and stuff like that, yeah. so you could see the lights, right? Exactly, like we do with our photo shoots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How about this one? Lots of Star Wars fans are creating scavenger-looking cell phone covers to blend in with Bat Batu. Oh yeah, that is uh, that Batu. It, it, it's Batu. Batu. Okay, I did say yeah. that right. Batu is the planet of uh, that is represented in Galaxy's Edge at at um, Disneyland and Walt Disney World. Uh, Disney's Hollywood Studios in uh, Florida. Yeah. It's actually in the Hollywood Studios there. Um, and, um, and yeah, and, uh, but the, you know, people are making cell phone covers that have this kind of distressed Star Wars yeah. look. So they look a little mechanical, a little worn, you know, and stuff like that. And so it'll definitely look like it blends into the setting. So it's, you know, just a way to help you immerse yourself. Everybody wants that. to fit in. I just want to be there. That too. And, you know. I just want to go. I've seen, even people at work went. I was like, what the heck? I want to go. Yeah. Um, and as far as I know, it's still. Uh, it's, yeah, it's still reservation. It's still reservations. But um, the the current plan is still to um, remove reservations on uh, June 24th. So anybody can go in. But there's going to be a limit. I, I still heard that there's going to be somewhat of a limit yeah they will you know they will pack you know they won't just you know let everybody go in there will be a capacity that means they're not just going to pile everybody in until you can't fit yeah i mean that would be and the way it seems like it's closed in you don't want to do that it just seems to me i if they kept it reservation i think it would be kind of cool well yeah and it wouldn't it wouldn't necessarily hurt you know I mean, there's still going to be a lot of people going in and be permitted to go in. Right. Because it's still a big place. I believe it's over 14 acres. That's still, you could think about all the people that are in Disneyland. Yeah, yeah. It would be insane. Well, it's, yeah, the capacity is pretty, it's high, but it's not, you know, unlimited, obviously. Right. Well, I've I've known it to to reach capacity, which is crazy. When we went there for Fleet of Fans... I, I, I was blown away at how many people were in there. Oh, yeah. I, it was crazy. <laughs> yeah. They, the, the, part, the part packed before there was a Galaxy's Edge. And it, imagine it now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Did you know that once Yoda appeared on the MTV Awards and was nominated and won for the best fight scene in 2003? Yes. I did see that video. <laughs> and that was awesome. I thought it was the cutest little thing where he actually, you know, basically CG'd Yoda floating from episode two, basically, and they used that model. Yeah. And then they, you know, let him accept the award, which is basically the uh, the end fight for. Um, Gosh, I don't remember seeing Attack that. Attack of the Clones. Yeah, back in the day, I didn't watch too much of the MTV Awards, but I I just think that was kind of cool. How about this one? The image of Kylo Ren is on display at the 2019 Licensing Expo in Las Vegas. It gives everyone the first look of his repaired helmet. It looked pretty messed up. It looked like a kid glued it together. It looked bad. Well, you know, you figure that Kylo slash Ben, I mean, he's a he's great a kid. Pi- he's a great pilot. He's a force user. He's an awesome force user. But he has a bad moods. Well, he has, you know, he has his, you know, occasional mood swing. But that doesn't necessarily make him a builder. You know, he could have probably, good. you know, he could have called Adam Savage up and you know, say, hey, could you fix my helmet for me? But and think he, about it. The lightsaber wasn't even that good. You know, because it was put 
pretty much put together incorrectly. That's why you see all that static and stuff. Well, you know, I want to hear more about the story of that lightsaber because we might. Okay, if okay, if you remember in the Last Jedi, when you know when we hear Luke's story about him going to you know spoilers kill Kylo or kill Ben because he felt like he was gonna you know be turn evil or whatever, and Ben wakes up and he he grabs his at the, at the time his blue saber, that basic hilt is the same hilt. Oh wow! And then, of course, it just doesn't have the cross guard on it yet. And I'm thinking that when he created, when he made it a red saber, and, you know, he, you know, if if he uses the same ritual that, that Inquisitors use during, after the Clone Wars, that he has to, what they call, bleed the crystal. Right. Which means make it bad by hurting it. And, and then it turns it from whatever color it was to red. And when he did that, he might have, like, made a mistake. Like or, the helmet? <laughs> or or damage the crystal in the process to where he had to install those cross guard, you know, emitters to c- help it be as stable as possible. Because it's a very unstable blade looking, you know. Yes, it does. As it kind of, you know, very, almost like a flame in a way. Yeah, but, it's a uh, mess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, now you've got one on EA Games. Yes. Um, from what I understand, tomorrow... Uh, EA is going to release gameplay footage of Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah. Game that's coming out later. It looks this cool. Year. I'm not a gamer, as you guys know. Now, the original trailer that they released during Celebration is a trailer that uses that used the gameplay engine, which I don't know the name of it off the top of my head. If you're, you know, technical, but um, but I believe it was the actual engine that they used for the game in that trailer. And so, but tomorrow we're actually going to see gameplay, you know, which is, you know, that, that you will see if you're playing on your console or PC and, and it's basically going to look exactly the same. That's going to be cool. That's going to be cool. I, I'm, I'm not a gamer. I have enjoyed watching some of the, some of the games as far as, you know, when they show them on uh, YouTube, you can see some of the, how, how they play mm-hmm. out in it. Right. it it's real cool looking i'm just yeah. i just can't sit there for thir- six hours or whatever and play the game well, i just can't do it well for my uh for my experience as a game tester um i actually worked for disney for a couple of years as a game tester based on you know what time you know what month it is it's june when the game's going to release i believe in november um they're probably deep in what they call beta and so, which means that the game, the basic game is functional. All the levels are basically there and all the basic functionality is there. And which now they're basically going to be testing it out, finding bugs, finding holes in the map where the character might fall through or something like that. And just other, you know, possible game breaking issues that they can, you know, work on and fix. Uh, finalizing the, the music and the sound, uh, finalizing uh, graphics, all that kind of stuff. Basically, Old it, Republic was great music oh yeah the music from that is great my friend greg he uh the first time i met him he had it on a little uh, music thing and uh, he was walking around he's dressed as kylo ren but he had that old republic music i'm like this is fantastic so i got a chance to really hear it so you know thumbs up to greg for introducing me to that oh yeah it's fantastic i love that music too yes all right so you want to join a star wars club 
there are, from what I understand, even more than the seven that I have written down. So the first one would be the 501st, which is the dark side characters only, and face characters only are allowed in this group. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah, they don't do any like custom type characters or, or original characters. Right. And I mean, the, the, the origin of the 501st started with Stormtroopers, the Imperial Stormtrooper from episodes four through six. Um, when, uh, when uh, well, Albin Johnson is, is the guy. He started Isn't there it two? Well, there was two guys, yes. And uh, they they got together and they somehow found some stormtrooper armor that that somebody had, and they got it from them. And they you know f fixed it up, make sure it looked good, and um, they wore it to the special edition releases of the original trilogy in 1997. So they so this came out of the original tr trilogy, but the re-release of the original trilogy. Right, right, right. But I think that prior to that, people were making like homemade shenanigans. Well, yeah, and and, and, and if you were lucky, if, and if you like, you knew a guy or you knew the guy in England. You who know actually a guy did, who knows a guy. Yeah, you know, that, that, that actually made the armor in England. Um, you might be able to get a copy of it, you know. And, 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 and so, you know, that's where it kind of started. And then... Um, Second group is Rebel Legion. Yes. And they were started because the 501st only allowed the dark side. Right. And they actually voted on it because they were going to decide, you know, well, we're we just going to bring everybody in. And then they, they voted on it and said, no, I'm we're just glad they didn't. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to keep just, uh, you know, the dark side characters. And then we'll have this other group that'll do all the good guy characters. But the difference is they allow custom characters. Custom characters. That custom characters mean basically original characters that you come up with. Um that way, you know, you can be any rebel fleet trooper or any Hoth trooper or, or whatever. Or any Jedi. Or any Jedi. Your it, own Jedi. Yeah, especially well with the prequels coming out, especially with uh episode two and three where you saw like all kinds of Jedi. And that way you could be, you know, that Jedi who's le on the left in the background, or you, you can be one that's not on screen. Um, and, yeah, so that's the main difference. And um, But, of course, all the face characters are permitted as well. Right, right. Yeah. And then number three, Mandalorian Mercs. Right. Now, this club is the third largest, and this club has the Bobo Fetts, the Django Fetts. They all have the Mandalorian Merc costumes right and you can be your own custom mandalorian and you can choose with this one you can make it just anything you want yeah, any much. kind of mandal as long as it follows the mandalorian merc helmet and all of that right. you can put anything on it you like you can do any kind of painting that you like mm -hmm. this one gives you pretty much the freedom to create whatever yeah it's it's the most if anything one of the most custom of the groups and um you can go from there's there's four different eras that they go through um you have the uh uh crusader and the neo crusader as well as the uh which, which handles a lot of the old republic stuff that handle you know during the knights of the old republic period right, and right. so on and then of course the modern uh, mandalorian which would cover again boba fett jago fett and um, i think we're going to even like go that. forward with that when the new Disney show comes out. Right, right. When the Mandalorian show comes out this, again, November, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, I can't wait. I'm going to get my Disney streaming at that point. Yep. Number four would be the Saber Guild 
and that is Jedi and Sith. This club allows both. Right. And we, and the Saber Guild, I say we because Jim and I are both part of it. Mm -hmm. This one has face characters and custom characters. And what's the best part about this club? Well, we're a performance group, which means we actually do live combat and choreograph fighting with a show that, you know, that people can see. Correct. It, and are we the only club that is allowed to do this? We are the only one that's recognized by Lucasfilm. There are other performance groups, um, but they're uh, smaller. And there are also live combat groups that actually do live, like, fencing-type combat, which is not choreographed. And um, that started with largely with a group called Ludo Sport in Italy. And it's kind of expanded. And there are other live combat groups all around the world. And they started uh, popping up here in the United States as well. Um, as a small additional uh, little tidbit, uh, uh, the 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 French fencing federation. I'm not sure. Exactly, I saw that. I'm not sure exactly what they call themselves, but it's basically the organization that handles fencing in France has made lightsaber combat a category that you can do in France. And I, from what I understand, they're trying to push it to. Make it so that it can be an Olympic sport, which would be cool. That would be crazy. And, yes. and that would be pretty freaking awesome. Now, this one started in, uh, what, two, 2005, 2004? Oh, uh, here in uh, you the mean Saber, Saber Guild? Guild yeah. uh, the official is 2006. Um, the charter wasn't instituted until 2013. Wow. And um, But uh, Temple Prime, which is the first temple, or we call them temples uh, for each local group, um, they they were the first one that started in uh, basically in Orange County here in California. Um, has been around a long time and started from members of L.A. Jedi and other people who were interested, you know. And it you know it, it and it kind of built for it took a long time to build up at the beginning. But now it seems like it's going. We're we're at almost seven hundred now. Right, about seven hundred members. We are. Let me see. I have the note here. Where, I think you know it's really cool because all they they allow both the Jedi and the Sith. Yeah, and uh, we're able to fight. We're able to perform and right. use our own lightsabers. Come up with our own choreograph, <coughs> which I like. Yes, and um, yeah, and that's the main difference. Like I said, that uh, the main difference, and the only other main requirement is that you're required to have a combat grade lightsaber. Yes. And, and we're going to tell you all about that. Right. Um, but uh, Saber Guild does have 25 groups or temples across the country and around the world in eight different countries right wow. now. Wow. Wow. It's uh, 501st had 60. And, and they had 60 different countries. That's yeah. pretty cool. All right. Number five would be um, the Droid Builders. And this group involves the R2-D2s, the BB-8s, and any other type of... Of droid, right, right, and the, and and this is where you're not Star wearing Star Wars droid, right. This is where you're not wearing the costume, but you're actually building the actual, you know, prop slash character. When you know the main one being R two, that's the most popular one, most likely, and variants of the R two series astromechs. I've seen R fives, I've seen R fours, I've seen a couple of R threes. The mouse droids, and the, uh, mouse droids. A lot of people do mouse droids. Um, and now, of course, BB-8's uh, a popular model because he's, you know, he's he's adorable. Now, the darker the darker forms of BB-8 are BB-9. BB-9s. Yeah, and the black one is BB-9E. Um, 
And then there are a bunch of different little ball droids. Uh, there was an action figure set that came out not too long ago that had four of them in there. And like one was blue and one was, you know, in you know, different colors. That's uh, cool. There's a new one in uh, Star Wars Resistance as well. Yeah, that, I saw that. I, yeah. It looks like it's going to be pretty cool too. And kind of a female themed character um, that was, you know, basically BB-8's counterpart and friend. And, and it looks like in Rise of Skywalker, there's going to be a new one too. Yeah, and that's and he's he's a you know he's as far as I know he's going to be unique, um, but basically he's a tire with a with a with a lampshade on his head, you know. Oh my god, that's funny. And, and uh, <laughs> his name is uh, Dio D Zero, um, but he's about maybe half the size of BB-8, so he's really small. But when they premiered him at Celebration in Chicago, you know, he rolled out on his own. And, you know, they made him for the con because like when they make when they make the ones for the movies, they're going to have like rigs and stuff on it right, to where they can right. manually push them around and stuff. They, they have a, a lot better control over there. And they probably have to because of the movies. Oh, yeah. For filming purposes. That way they can you know make sure that it goes exactly where they and want. And that's cool. OK, number six, Galactic Academy. This one is for kids only because in the other groups that we're talking about, you have to be over 18 to be in them. Right. So the Galactic Academy is for children. So it's for, let's say you, you're you a husband and wife and you have kids and you're in the 501st and the Rebel Legion. This allows children to be part of the different groups. Now, if you're a Star Wars fan and you're very young and you press your, your parents that you want to dress up, I think there's been some kids that have just been doing it and the parents are not dressing up, but I'm sure that comes afterwards. Well, it, it, that becomes a matter of permission and because it's a, a huge uh, safety liability right, issue. Right, right. And so and, that's why this Galactic Academy is really cool because it is just for kids. Right, and it allows them to you know, make the costumes and, you know, look good and, you know, work themselves up to an adult costume later. Right. Um, if they're still interested. And that way they can, you know, have fun and, you know, be with their parents and, and stuff. And, right. Know, and then time. next one and last, well, not lastly, I wrote lastly, but it's not lastly. <laughs> the new kid on the block is Sith Dynasty. This group has non-face, has um, custom characters and face characters and mm -hmm. these ones are a dark side only right so what we are is because i'm part of this group as well so any sith any um any kind of dark bounty hunter darth maul um it could be darth vader any of the darker characters you can be part of this group revan could be part of the group even though he's a good guy bad guy right all of the all, anyone who's in the on the dark side can be part of this. So that's that's the newer group. And but now we've got there's still a couple more out there, and and there have been some that have come and gone as well that that are no longer active. But um, I want to add uh, to the list uh, Dark Empire, right. which is another dark side theme group, which is pretty much exactly the same as the Sith uh, Sith Dynasty. Sith, Sith Dynasty. They've been around a little longer. Um, same thing, custom Sith characters or face characters, and you know, change the name, it's the same group basically. Um, and finally, um, a group that I belong to, um, from day one, which was uh, the Jedi Assembly, which is a group that was founded in 2002. Oh, wow, by uh, a nice man in Tennessee, and and that was pretty much all Jedi. Either custom Jedi or face character Jedi. 
pretty much the same idea, but with Jedi. Right. So and it's yeah, the counterpart. Right. Exactly. And they started in two thousand two. They're still pretty active to this day. Um, I I actually looked up my profile and it's still there. Um, <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> That's cool. But uh, but they have uh, uh they divide their uh they go by region. So they have uh north south uh west northwest and how many uh, people are in this one um last i heard was about 500 wow and, there's a lot of us out there isn't there yeah and, <laughs> and and the cool thing is that you know we all ascribe to dress up as star wars characters yeah and nine and and, and what kind of makes all of these groups common to each other is that we usually do it for charity as well as for fun right right and and we're doing it for you know uh, community and, and social gathering, that kind of stuff. Okay, so all of these groups are what's called LFL recognized and are all nonprofit. So LFL means Lucasfilm Limited. That's just the name of the company. But um, and and uh, and you know, being recognized, you know, we're not licensed to do any of this. We're basically given, you know, kind of unspoken permission. unspoken permission. Uh, Lucasfilm, it, through uh, its um, fan relations uh, people, uh, in this case, Pete Vilmer's current fan relations uh, person, as far as I know, um, I'll, you know, give a, give Star Wars fans a lot of latitude in terms of doing things like costuming, making fan films, and you know, writing fan fiction. That but kind there of stuff. are limits because you don't when you're in a costume like that, just like when you're at work. You are representing Disney. So when you're in these costumes, part of any of these groups, there are rules to follow. Oh, of course. You know, and, and as far as getting in the costumes. Yeah. There's rules for behavior and there's rules for, you know, doing certain things. Uh, and, and it's also because we're nonprofit, we can't take money for what we're doing. Correct. We, we, do, we do not get paid for any of this. No. And everything. But each group uh -huh. has... Something that they, well, we do ours for Make-A-Wish. Some of them do for children's hospitals. Some of them do for cancer. So every single group has a nonprofit organization that we give to. Right, right, yeah. Uh, yeah we take, you know, we take these donations and 100% of these donations go to the various charities. Um, Saber Guild's default is Make-A-Wish. Right. And some of the other groups, you know, they, they may not have a default, like, to they, uh, okay. to they, um, you know, who they give to. Um, but a lot of times it's Make-A-Wish because Make-A-Wish is directly associated with kids 99% of the time as well. So it's, it's kind of a cool thing. We work with the kids and then the kids, you know, will have a thing. Um, for example, we did... Um, we did a Make-A-Wish event for a child here in Southern California. I saw that one. It's and, really moving. <laughs> and um, his name is Benton, and he had cancer. And um, you know, he you know, as children with cancer do, you know, they have a rough time. They have to go through all the various healing processes and chemotherapy and all that. And his wish that Make-A-Wish you know hooked up with him was that he wanted to be a Jedi for a day. So we made him a Jedi for a day. Oh boy, did he get to be a Jedi. We made him a costume. We got him a lightsaber. And actually his brother kind of tagged along too, his older brother. And so they, they we made him both costumes. We gave him both lightsabers. We gave them training. We showed him a bunch of stuff. We showed him how to fight. We showed him all kinds of fun stuff. And um, the Oakley uh, factory 
down in uh, oh god, I can't remember the name of the community, but it's, it's near it, uh, Orange County, somewhere in Orange County. It's in Orange County. It's near Irvine, but but the Oakley Factory gave us their facility. Uh, uh, they have a big uh, uh, theater that that's really kind of nice, and they let us uh, work in there to work with the kids and have have fun with them. But that was only half of it. Then there was a fundraising gala later that Make-A-Wish puts on, you know, separately. And they they, they made a video of the ben, of, of the training and they showed it to the people who were, you know, there. And then the 501st busted in and they kind of like took over the building. And then we had to fight them in the middle of this fundraising gala. And so it was a big, huge thing. And then we made... We we uh, ended up knighting Benton, and we and, and, and I haven't even been knighted. I'm, well, yeah, I was knighted. I'm sorry, I was knighted before I left the planet. <laughs> With I you, yes, um, but anyway, um, but yeah, but but that's a, an example of what we do. You know, we visit kids in hospitals, and we do all kinds of crazy stuff, and it's really fun, and it's really uh, heart heart moving. I know, and it, it can be heartbreaking sometimes. I um, know, I know. You know, one of the cool things about being part of any of these groups, and I'll say a difference with with Rebel with um, Saber Guild, is that everybody can have cards made. They have their own personal trading card. But yeah. the the cool thing about the Saber Guild and the difference between the Saber Guild and um, Rebel Legion is one, we get a number. Yep. We get a number with the five hundred first. You pick a number. Right. Because we're in the middle of the Moff Tarkin thing, and right. so Mark got to pick a number. But with the Saber Guild, you get to pick a you you are given a number, you get to choose your own custom name, right? And you get to choose your own custom story, yeah. Which is like like I have said before, you are in my Jedi story because mm-hmm. you brought me into the fold, but my Sith character was my own creation, mm-hmm. and so I I really love that part of Saber Guild. So you want to know how. People ask me all the time, how how do you get the costumes? What's involved? Each of the groups has called it has got something called the CRL, correct? Right. It's it's a character reference library. Right. And so you can go on to the 501st, you can go on to Rebel Legion, and you can go on to their CRL, and they're gonna tell you each thing that is required for each costume. Correct. And so for ours, we have specifics too. Yes. We hand out pamphlets at any of the conventions that we're at, and it's going to tell you what is required as far as boots, as far as a belt, as far as the how long the taverns have to be, the obi, the color. Will you get the color scheme right? Yes. yes and the same thing goes for 501st. So you're wondering, well, where do you get these kind of things? Well, um, generally... With all of the groups, we all, in one way or another, create our own costume. Right. And with, like, like the 501st Legion and the Mandalorian Mercenaries, now they have hard parts and soft parts because they have the armor, and then they have, like, the suits that are worn underneath them. Right. And, you know, some parts can be bought, like, at the store or whatever. Like, um, there's uh, some under armor that you can wear with the Stormtrooper armor, for example. Um, but, like... For like a Jedi costume, a lot of it's sewn, you know, either you know on a machine or by hand or however you want to get it. Um, there are patterns available online, and, and you can go through Etsy. There are a few companies through Etsy yeah. 
You There's just, a bunch. You type in Jedi costume, but you've got to remember there are specifics to follow as yeah. far as th this cannot look like a costume for Halloween. So you have got to go to a reputable costume maker in order to get that done. And generally, those that do make costumes for like Rebel Legion or Five First or whatever, they tend to know what the requirements are already. Um, it's good to make sure that they're clear with you know specifics in terms of things like color choice and stuff um for example with the saber gill we actually have a list of pantone colors that must that, be followed that, that has to be followed and as long as it's on that list you're good um with the with the rebel legion if it's not specific to a crl if you're making a custom character colors are a little bit more flexible as long as it makes sense in the star wars universe right right and then, um, and then, of course, things like, again, with things like belts and stuff like that, leather materials, um, they can be real leather or they can be fake leather like pleather or anything, as long as it looks good and it'll hold up. And th that way you can still, you know, go but out. I, and... But I, I will say this. I have found that, um, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I, That's okay. I think that when you're using the real leather, it has that really cool look oh yeah so if you can if you can get around that there are plenty of people that you can go onto etsy and type in jedi belt and most of those sites will tell you these are approvable for the, such and such groups it'll yeah. they'll specifically tell you that yeah there are people who make rank bars for 501st they yep. make food caplets for jedi but let's say you want to buy a lightsaber i there has been a hot debate on on Facebook about the new Disney ones. Yeah, I the, really don't think those ones are battle ready. Yeah, um, from what I've seen and what I know, um, one of our uh, good friends, Jeremy Sangle, he actually has one. He bought. He went through the the experience of building your of, own of, of building your own lightsaber at Galaxy's Edge. They are beautiful. They are fantastic. They work nice, but they are. Um, the, the the limitation is ninety percent in the blade. Um, if you if if you need a combat quality lightsaber, the main requirement is that it's it's sturdy and that the blade is what they call a heavy grade blade. And what I mean by heavy grade is that the inside of the tube, the, the you can measure it, and that tube is one eighth of an inch, and it's a polycarbonate blade. Um, What's the reason for that? Because um, you hit hard. And what happens if you have a softer blade or a thinner blade? It will break. Okay. <laughs> it's quite, it's that simple. So it that's really, the reason why. Yeah, it's really that simple. Um, the uh, Like the Force Effects lightsabers, they have a, a what you would call either a medium grade blade or a because uh, the, the tube is only like a sixteenth of an inch thick. Right, and the lights go through the tube. Right, and and so the, sometimes those LEDs will break if you hit hard. Right. And and there's about a good 50 to 75% chance. If you hit hard with a Force Effects lightsaber or a Galaxy's Edge lightsaber, you're going to break an LED. Right. <coughs> now, you say combat ready. Yes. Combat mean, combat ready means what? It means that you're ready to fight with it. That means you, that you can hit hard against another saber or, or you know, a hard device. And, and it'll hold up and it won't hurt it. Um... Now, if you want to get a lightsaber, people ask me, where do you go to get these things? Well, there are a number of online companies where you can purchase a fantastic 
um, combat grade lightsaber ranging anywhere. And from, we mean anywhere. Anywhere from fifty-eight to well, I say about eighty bucks, all the way up to as much as you want to spend. Thousands, couple thousand. Yeah, I, the I, Lord I, of the Ring one was cool. Yeah, that was. I saw. <laughs> yeah, and then and and you know generally they don't go over much over two thousand dollars, but you don't need the two thousand dollar lightsaber no. to join a club. You can get. You know, you can spend a hundred, a couple hundred bucks, and they're, and they're great. And you can fight with that all day long. Now, um, the different companies that exist, uh, the main, big, the biggest ones, the main ones that do exist is Ultra Sabres at ultrasabers.com. That's the granddad. Yeah. Saber Forge at saberforge.com. Uh, you got Vader's Vault. You got uh, Corbanth. You got KR. Um, Which I have both. I have a KR and I have a, no, I don't have Vader's Vault. Yeah. That's um, the champagne of, of yeah. Some of those are you know <laughs> starting to get a little more expensive. They're usually in the two fifty to five hundred dollar range mostly, um, and, and and a lot of it is a matter of taste. Um, some of the ultra saber, some of the ultra sabers look a little plainer, you know, in terms of appearance. And I'm that type of person that likes the what I call the non busy saber because we've done a show before on that. Yeah. And I like the sabers that aren't busy, and I have to have a race switch. And the raised switch means when you go to turn it on and off, the switch must be a little bit higher than on the saber because I tend to run my finger across it as I'm turning the saber in my hand and I turn them off. So my my old my old Republic one I don't really like to fight with because it's got that flat blade, yeah. that flat switch. Yeah, and, and and I've seen many a show where a saber gets accidentally turned off in the middle of a fight. And the kids are like, oh! What happened? <laughs> and, and, you know, whether it's an actual defect or, again, the fighter put his finger on the button and accidentally turns it off. Now, if you want fancy schmancy, what do you, how do you get that? How do you get fancy schmancy? Yeah, like, let's say you want to get something with sound or what it, what we well, call is a flash on clash. Right, right, right. Well, basically, most of the companies offer... All the features of a, you know, a, a lightsaber that has all the sounds that you would expect: power up, power down, hum, um, clashing, um, deflecting blaster bolts, and some, and and that's all part of the sound package. And there's a bunch of different sound cards that are available, either whether you construct a lightsaber yourself or through the various companies. Ultra Sabers offers the Obsidian board, they offer the Emerald board, Saber Forge offers. One that I don't know the name off the top of my head, but they they offer sound on theirs, and almost everybody can get you sound in one way right. or the other. Right, and for me, I prefer plain because I, it tends to run the battery. It seems like it has, you know, there are times when it it's it seems like it's a, it's so much on the battery, and when you're fighting, it it tends to right. warrant, run it down, so it'll turn it off. So right, I right. try and avoid that at all costs. But now my last my saber that Jim is working on right now. It, um, we were at the library event in Rancho Cucamonga and Vince hit it hard enough and just turned right off. But thank God I had what's called a day blade. Day blades look like your blade, like your lightsaber is still on, but it's just the blade that is still red. It's blue, it's pink, whatever color you choose. Right, right. And yeah, that's the other option that, you know, most people tend to at least in our groups tend to tend to grab is is to get a, a day blade for daytime fighting or daytime uh, shows because you know the light doesn't show up as much during right, the day. Right, right. And, and those just came into. They're not terribly old. They're no, only a few I say years a couple old. years. Yeah, they're only a few years. 
um, they were, in terms of being common, um, I, I, our, our global CEO, Rob, he had one a while, like five years ago, but they were not common. And now you can get them everywhere. Oh, uh, yeah. And they range anywhere from 35 to 50 bucks. I remember one time we were at a fight and Rob, that is our global now, he kind of had to doctor one up and spray paint it red. So when I was done fighting with him, my whole blade was covered in his red lights. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that one was kind of funny. Now, if you are a want to build a droid, let's say you want to build a droid, you would have to go to their forums to get the information on how to build it because I have no idea where they would get this stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of the research has been done already by these guys. So the information is usually available through the Droid Builders forums. There's still maybe some random information that you might need to still hunt for. Um, but generally, they have the plans and they have the uh, like material lists and and things like programs that you might need and stuff because you have to make a, a remote. Yes, and that's like buying a car, man. Let me tell you, it, that's it, yeah. <laughs> And then, you know, the remote looks a lot like a, an RC remote, like for an aircraft or for, you know, a car or whatever, but it's going to be for your droid. And um, you know, like what what kind of electronics you're going to need, what kind of lights do you use, whether you're going to build it um, with uh, wood or aluminum. I think aluminum would be lighter. Can you imagine wood? Well, wood might not be too, too heavy. Well, it depends. And see, and it's what, you know, all, there's droids that are built in both. And, and it depends on what kind of um, uh, machining capabilities you have and stuff. Right. Because, you know, these pieces can get pretty big. So, and, you know, but generally, you know, the, the droid builders were really cool about helping you find the information you need. Uh, directing you to where you can get parts. Some of these guys make their own parts. They'll 3D print them. And, oh, that's and, and, cool. And some of them will machine parts for you, and then you can buy them off them, and then you can put them on your droid. Um, and, it, you know, it depends on how long you want to take to make it. Like, if you want to, like, I need it in a month. Or do you, you know, do you want to, like, do it over an 18-month project? I would you know, say that you'd have to stretch that out. If you need it in a month, you're kind of better buy one that's already put together. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. You know, what kind of money do you have? You know, that kind exactly. of Because, a, 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 like, an astromech can run anywhere from a couple thousand to ten thousand dollars. I saw a thing on Facebook about Galaxy's Edge. They have one in one of the stores yeah it was twenty five thousand dollars yeah and you know i can't imagine someone walking in there i'll take that well there are rich people in the universe <laughs> unfortunately and With sadly it's not critics. me but um <laughs> but yeah i would be just totally into that and oh man can you imagine i probably would if i had a lot of money i'd empty out that whole galaxy as edge that's the funny part so anyway yeah i um I, yeah i i would would think that that's pretty much uh, what you need to do for the droid building. And, and But basically what it boils down to is that if you want to join a Star Wars club, you basically, a lot of it now is, you know, you get online and you see if there's a, a group nearby you. Right. Um, you know, in some places it might be harder than others. Like if you're in the middle of Kansas or Montana or something, it might be a little bit further for you. who knows? There seems to be people out there in the outer rim. Well, there are Star Wars fans everywhere. Oh, yeah. And if you want to start your own group, there are ways. But the internet will allow you to connect with people that you need to connect with. And basically it is, find a group, connect with those people, start talking to them, learn what you need 
and you know where to get the materials and you know make your costume or whatever and then start trooping you know and have a great time right and you know if you're let's say you decide oh, i don't know i really don't know what to do I, i'm still a little confused you can go on to their forum page so i would all you would have to do is go on to Google and type in Rebel Legion, type in Saber Guild, type in 501st or whatever group you wanna be part of and their forum page, you'll see a listing and you'll see a forum page. You can click on that and you can contact them by writing them on, you know, through email or whatever. Somebody is going to contact you and tell you how to get started. We, I have been part of these groups since 2015 and it is the one of the best things I've ever done. You know, and I can't, again, I can't thank you enough for taking me to practice because well, it spawned a, a whole lot of stuff. Well, I agree. And, and, and I've been doing it. I've been wearing, I've been wearing a Jedi costume for 15 years. And you ever get tired of it? No, neither do I. But uh, <laughs> it, it, for me, it's a way of giving back to the community. Yes. And you know, making kids happy and making everybody happy and, you know, giving people a symbol to look at that says, you know, this is a good guy. You know? Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. Please follow us on Facebook at Radio Geonosis 2.0. Please follow us on Instagram at Radio Geonosis. And please like and subscribe on our YouTube channel, Radio Geonosis. Thank, and for all of us here at Radio Geonosis, thank you and have a great day. Bye. Bye.